times. It's not the first time this ever happened. So I want everyone to first and foremost reflect on, those, on, on that idea. As to it being an epidemic, a, a plague, a pandemic, whatever you want to call it, again, just for the sake of discussion today, we'll talk about it, inshallah. Before we get into any of that, all of that, or whatever it might be, what we want to discuss about is the concept of shaheed, being a, a, a martyr, okay? The word martyr in, in English comes from the word, uh, from the Greek origin, uh, martyros, which is to be a witness. The word shaheed also in Arabic means being a witness. It's the both same thing, right? Shahada. What generally what happens is we consider a shaheed to be someone who, who fights in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and ends up dying because of it. That's the general idea that we have behind a shaheed, right? That a person dies for the sake of Allah ta'ala in a battle. And so the Prophet wasallam also, I want everyone to know that the Prophet wasallam also uh, received this question. He asked the Sahaba radiallahu he said, what do you all think a shaheed is? They said, fi those who are killed in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the Prophet wasallam said so beautifully, he says, inna Shuhada ummati qalil. The Prophet said that if that's the case, then the, sh the martyrs of my ummah will be very few. The martyrs of my ummah will be very few. In the English dictionary, when you look up the word martyr, it's going to tell you someone who went through a lot of pain and then died, but stayed firm on their religion. Similarly, in Islam, this is the same exact concept. The Prophet ﷺ, he says in the hadith, he continues, and he says, man shaheed. Whoever dies, Whoever is killed in the path of Allah, then he's a martyr. Whoever dies in the path of Allah, one is to be killed in the path of Allah. The other one is just to die in the path of Allah, that person's also a martyr. And then the Prophet said, Whoever dies by a plague, this is also a person who's a shaheed. And whoever dies because of some stomach illness, some stomach disease, then that person is also a shaheed. وَالْغَرِيقُ shaheed, And the person who drowns is a shaheed. The Prophet وسلم, he, he starts to enumerate in very many hadiths. He talks about it in very, various hadiths. In other hadiths, the Prophet وسلم, says, أَشْهُدَاءُ khamsatun. The martyrs are five. الْمَطْعُونُ وَالْمَبْطُونُ وَالْغَرِيقُ وَصَاحِبُ الْهَدِمُ وَالشَّهِيدُ فِي سَبِيلِ The Prophet وسلم, says that the martyrs are five. One is the person who, is a, who dies from a plague. Another one who dies from a stomach virus or disease, even by vomiting or whatever it might be. وَالْغَرِيقُ Someone who dies by drowning. وَصَاحِبُ الْهَدِيمُ This is interpreted in a couple of ways. The صَاحِبُ الْهَدِيمُ is either a person who dies because a wall falls on them or something collapses on them so they end up dying. Which happens very quite often in an earthquake. An earthquake will happen and, and something will fall on the person. They become shaheed as well. The Prophet said that is also shahada. And then the Prophet says, وَالشَّهِيدُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And then a person who dies in the path of Allah Ta'ala is also shaheed. The Prophet enumerates them and I started to count them because I had time, you know. <laughs> I was like, uh, I got at least 23, right? 23 different types of people being shaheed. Other than dying in the path of Allah, being killed in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we already know the stomach pain. I'm not going to mention all of them because we don't have the time for that, right? Um, but I just want everyone to note these things. Because what happens is what? That we have family members who die in hospital beds. The Prophet said, the majority of my ummah will be the majority of the shuhada, the majority of the martyrs of my ummah will be those who die on their beds. The Prophet said in authentic hadith, he says that the majority of my ummah's shuhada, martyrs, will be those who die in their beds. Meaning what? On a hospital bed with cancer. Cancer is such a disease which, which robs a person of their life, of their existence. And that is also shahada. The Prophet says that the fire, burning by fire is also shahada. The Prophet says that if, if a child is insane, people end up having kids who have, uh, um, they, 
They end up having such a disease which strips them of their intellect. Kids that you just have to raise with you and you have to bear with them. And what happens is those types of children, you know, that they suffer from diseases like that, even those kids are shaheeds by, by Islamic standard. The Prophet ﷺ said, a woman who dies in childbirth, bi jum'in, this is interpreted a couple of ways again. If she's giving birth and then, the, and then she dies because of the childbirth, she's also a martyr. The Prophet ﷺ, and this hadith can be interpreted in multiple ways. One is that she dies by childbirth. Another one, she dies while pregnant. If she dies while pregnant, she's a martyr as well. And the Prophet ﷺ also says that if a person were to slip off of their animal or their ride, well, imagine you get off the car and you slip on ice while walking, or you, you, you're walking to your door and you slip. Slipping off an animal or slipping off a ride is also shahada in Islam. The Prophet also continues, he says, Zatul Jamb, a person who dies from a chest infection. Any bacterial infection, the person will also be a martyr. A, a student of knowledge is also a shaheed. People don't know that. When a person goes to study Islam, if they were to die in that state, they would raise on the day of judgment as a martyr, as a shaheed as well. The Prophet says, whoever dies defending their wealth, defending their family, or defending themselves out of self-defense, if you were to die, that's also having martyrdom, that's also becoming a shaheed as well. The Prophet says, a person who dies out of oppression is a shaheed. Whoever dies by accidental death is a shaheed. Whoever dies by, and subhanAllah, أعوذ بكلمات الله التامة من شر ما خلق. I'm sorry. أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم. أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم. أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم. You read this three times every morning and evening. It's authentic hadith. You read this in the morning three times and the evening three times. Then you read the last three ayats of Surah Al-Hashr. والله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة. You read those last three ayat of Surah Al-Hashr. The Prophet says if you were to die in the morning and you read that three times, whatever, you become a shaheed. If you died in the evening saying that, three times, in the evening you died like that, also shaheed, right? If you even asked for it, your entire life was what? Allah, I want to be a shaheed. I don't know exactly how I'm gonna go, but I wanna go in that way. That will also be shahada. Now people are probably hearing this like, man, the shaheed business sounds really cool. It sounds really amazing. Like everyone, like it seems like there's such a big category. What do these people get? What do these people get? In a beautiful hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, just to give you an idea, and I'll explain it as to why we're talking about this in the first place. The Prophet ﷺ says in a beautiful hadith of Tirmidhi, he says that the shaheed receives about six things, and then you, you combine them all. Again, I spent a lot of time looking for all the virtues of a shaheed, and I got tired of looking because it just was too many things. There's only so much I can tell you in one talk, right? So the Prophet ﷺ in this hadith of Tirmidhi says, that before the first blood drops of the shaheed, his, all the sins are forgiven. All the sins of the martyr are forgiven. And this not only applies again for a person who dies in the path of Allah, but a person who were to die in a hospital bed, a person who dies from cancer. My own grandmother, Rahimullah Ta'ala, may Allah have mercy on her, she died by, because of stomach pain, a stomach virus that she had. She, inshallah Ta'ala, that's also shahada for her. We make dua to Allah Ta'ala, accept her from such people. I mean. Then what I, the first thing the Prophet says is that the person's forgiveness, all the sins are forgiven. And then the Prophet says that he sees his spot in Jannah before they die. So before the person dies, they will see the place in Jannah. And they mentioned this about people who pass away in, in, by, by cancer or by any, any, uh, any um, serious illness. At the time of death, what happens is their eyes start to glow. And it's as if Allah is showing them their place in Jannah before they go. May Allah give us such a thing, inshallah. The Prophet said that my yaqtul the Prophet said, whoever dies because, this, uh, because of a stomach virus, because of a stomach illness, meaning shahada, a person who dies because of, uh, by becoming a shaheed, that person will not be punished in the grave. 
So the Prophet mentioned first that first the person's sins will be forgiven. Second thing the Prophet said is that a person at the time of death will see their place in Jannah. The third thing the Prophet said that in their grave they won't be punished. They don't have to worry about any of the punishment of the grave. The fourth thing the Prophet said that on the day of judgment, Allah will bring out the ta'ajul waqar. He'll bring out the, the crown of honor for them. And then they wear jewelry of iman as well. The Prophet is saying that before they even enter Jannah, they're already adorned in the best of clothing. Then the Prophet says that they will be saved from the Faza'ul Akbar. In the Quran, you hear this, this expression that Allah says that we will save certain people from the Faza'ul Akbar. What is the Faza'ul Akbar? Which means the greatest calamity. The ulama have interpreted this in many ways. They said that on the Day of Judgment, to, to go through the waiting of 50,000 years is too difficult. So the Prophet says that the Shaheed will not have to wait 50,000 years. He'll watch the Day of Judgment go while he's relaxing. He knows because he's going to go to Jannah. Another thing that will happen is all the believers will have to see Jahannam. This is one of the things people have to experience. That you and I have to be abduhu ala nari. That everyone will be presented and seeing the fire of Jahannam. Allah will protect the Shaheed from such a thing as well. The Prophet mentioned as well that the greatest of all anxieties and calamities is what? That a person actually going to Jahannam. A Shaheed will not go to the fire of Jahannam as well. The Prophet is explaining all these things. And one of the more exclusive things to men is what? That the Prophet said, a person will be wedded to, will be married to 70, 70 of the Hurun Ain. That a person will be married from the maidens of Jannah, 70 of them will be his wives, inshallah. And then another one mentions that 70, he can intercede, the martyr, he or she can intercede, give shatha'a for 70 of their family members. 70 of their family members. Allahu Akbar. This person you were working on, and you and I have family members that we, we get so annoyed that they don't like Islam at all. They don't even come to pray. They don't do anything. And you're just like so upset. But if you were to die as a martyr, if that person was going to the hellfire, you could say, Allah, I want this person saved. Then they'll be saved. SubhanAllah. Every single one of these things are promised for the martyr. In other hadiths, the Prophet says that a person who is in the Quran says, That they are provided and sustained by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Either the, the martyr is someone who has debt. If they have debt, then they're not inside Jannah yet. They are outside of Jannah. This is the hadith of the Prophet. They are outside of Jannah and they are at the door of Jannah. And from inside Jannah, the servants come out with food and drinks for them. Because they're not allowed to enter yet because they have debt on them. When you have a debt against someone else, that needs to be forgiven from that person. That's why it's really important. Even the martyr doesn't get that forgiven. That's the only, that's the only quote unquote uh, sin that they have to worry about. That if they, didn't, if they have any debts on anyone, that has to be solved before that. Either they're outside of Jannah getting provided by, by Jannati food and drink, still waiting to get into Jannah, or either they're already in Jannah. The Prophet says that their bodies are on the ground, but the souls are in Jannah. How? They are on Fijofi Tlaid. They are on the backs of birds. They are flying around on the backs of birds, roaming around Jannah wherever they like to go. To the point that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes to the Shaheeds, He goes and talks to them. He tells the martyrs, He says, Oh my martyrs, oh my shuhada, don't you want to? Do you, don't you want anything? And they're like, Ya Allah, you put us in Jannah, what else could we want? Then they leave. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He comes back again. And He speaks to the, the, the martyrs again and says, Oh my martyrs, don't you want anything? They're like, Ya Allah, we have Jannah, what else could we want? Right? I don't think anyone would want anything else. And then the Prophet, then the Prophet says, continue and He says, Allah ta'ala asks them a third time. He says, My shuhada, what do you want? And they say, Ya Allah, if you're asking us what we want, we want to go back to the world there and be given martyrdom again. We want that same sickness again. We want to go through that sickness again. We want to go through that drowning again. We want to go through that fire again. We want to get killed again in the path of Allah. Because of what we experience at that time is such a happiness, no one can describe it. They say, we want to go back again. This is Allah SWT says, I would give you that chance, but no one goes back. 
So the point of the Prophet said, I wish, what did too, right? The Prophet says, I wish I can go out with every single expedition I send out. And I wish I would be killed. The Prophet said, I wish I would be killed. And then, Summa Uhiya, Summa Uqatal, Summa Uhiya, Summa Uqatal. The Prophet Sallallahu ten times mentions, I wish I were killed and uh, made alive again, killed and made alive again, killed and made alive again. The Prophet said, just so that I could experience the, the reward of a shaheed. Okay? These are so many things Allah Ta'ala mentions about the shaheed. The Prophet Sallallahu continues and he goes and says that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala starts to boast to his angels, saying, look at my shaheed. Ajeeb, man. You know, like, I have this friend in New York who his entire life's goal now is, mashallah, he tells us, he said, look, I just want to meet Allah. I just want to meet Allah. He literally makes zikr of Allah Ta'ala in the world. He starts to talk to people about Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala because he says, at this moment while I'm mentioning you, I'm talking to you about Allah. Allah is talking about me with the angels. So he says that I just want Allah Ta'ala to talk about me. And so similarly the martyr will have such a person, SubhanAllah, that Allah Ta'ala will talk about that person. Now a woman who dies by childbirth, and this happens quite often, by labor, by pregnancy, things happen, SubhanAllah. That woman is also entitled to these rewards as well. So these, all these things are mentioned. There was one group of, of, of martyrs. The Prophet went out, sent out this one expedition. And when they were sent out, they were sent out as to teach the people how to read Quran. When the Prophet sent all these people out to teach to, to read how to read Quran, they were sent to that village. Before they reached that village, what happened was, Allah Muhammad, they were killed and, and, and brutally massacred at that moment, completely slaughtered at that time. And they, they had very interesting stories. Every single one of them had interesting stories. The Prophet hears about this tragedy. He sent about 70 of them. There were 70 of them that went out to go teach people how to read Quran. And so the Prophet he goes and he reads, he reads Dua Qunut. He makes Qunut for them, Qunut Nazila, for about a month for them. And after that month that goes by, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi receives revelation from Allah Ta'ala. And the revelation read like this, SubhanAllah. The Prophet says that the, the community, they, they, they sent a message with Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala reveals the message to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi The message was this, that they said that they were killed. They said, but can Allah, can, can someone, they say, Allah, can you send the message to our community that we had met our Lord and we are pleased with Him and He's pleased with us. The greatest of all these things about Shahada is this. And I want to remind myself and everyone here is that when a person gets Shahada, Allah Ta'ala is pleased with them. Allah Ta'ala is happy with them. Okay, now mentioning all this stuff, this long discussion about shahada, why I spent all this time on this in the first place, is because of this one point. Is that a person who dies during a plague, a person who dies by a plague, uh, a, a martyr of a plague, the Prophet says mentioned these things exclusively. He said, Muslim, that a plague is a shahada for every believer. The Prophet says that a mat'oon, the person who's in the plague is a shaheed. The Aisha radiana asked the Prophet says, Ya Rasulullah, what is a plague? And the Prophet said that it is a punishment that Allah sends on the world and whoever He wants. And It's a punishment for some people. The plague is a punishment for some people. But it's also a mercy for other people. It's also a mercy for other people. It's a mercy for believers. So now what happens is what the Prophet describes it. He says a person in a plague. And being in a plague, you can imagine that you can't even breathe properly because the air around you is poisonous. The air around you is full of disease. It will cause, it will cause you to get sick. You can't even touch things. You know, they talked about the coronavirus or whatever. The name changed the other day. So that's like, that's what I'm saying about like, not having like updated information, right? CVID-19 something like that. I don't even remember. COVID-19 something like that. So in any case, what happens is what? You can't even like, 
if you were to shake your hand with someone, they say not to touch your face because what? You can transfer the, the virus into there. You know, again, a reminder is like, this is why you stay to halal food. Because again, if you're eating haram, these kinds of things just kind of end up happening. You know, Allah to protect us from that. But what happens is what? If a person were to go through that, the Prophet says that if a, a person were to go through that and they were sabir and muhtasiba, they were patient and they were expecting reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were patient expecting reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What happens is what? They will receive the reward of a shaheed. Now the Prophet mentions very beautifully, if the person doesn't even need to die. The person does not even need to die. They can still be alive. They can survive the plague. And where they're surviving, they be a walking shaheed, a living shaheed. A person will receive the shahada even if they were alive. This is the beauty of the, of the deen. That such, such a huge amount of people will get these things. And one of the greatest things is what? Allah Ta'ala mentioned the Quran. Allah Ta'ala talks about when, when, uh, that a person who obeys Allah and His Messenger وسلم, And it talks so beautifully about Nabi وسلم, at the time of his mouth, at the time of his passing. When the Prophet was passing away, he, started to, he was given an option to either have a little bit longer life or to go out right there. And the Prophet started looking up and saying, Ila Rafiq al-A'la, Ila Rafiq al-A'la. He says, I want to be in the, the highest friendship, the highest friendship. Where are all the Prophets in Jannah? Jannatul Fiddos, right? Everyone can agree on that. Jannatul Fiddos is comprised of four different groups of people. It's, in, it's comprised of Prophets. It's, com provides, uh, it's comprised of the Siddiqeen. It's comprised of the martyrs, the Shuhada, and the Salihin, the pious people. Wahasuna ulaika Rafiqa. Those are great friends to have. In other words, a shaheed will be in the companionship of Nabi Muhammad So now I tell you all these things. And I mention all these things because why? Because I want everyone to be aware that whenever something bad happens in life, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. What we have is a very strange misconception in Islam. I think if I, from what we heard right now, everyone's probably like, man, I wish I could be a shaheed too. If all it means is what? That I just, uh, I just have to endure a bit of pain and I just, you know, no pain, no gain type of attitude and I just take it and go, alhamdulillah, I get to shahada. Even to the point you can literally just be every night, like, Ya Allah, I want to be a shaheed. Or whichever way it happens, it happens. The Prophet said, and people are like, oh, isn't it going to be painful? The Prophet said in a hadith, he says that the, the pain the shaheed receives at the time of death is like the prick of an ant. It's like a bite of an ant. It's not something you're going to experience either. All these things are for the benefit of you and I. What happens is this. Muslims today, and this is something that you and I, subhanAllah, I wish... There were a bit more like kids here, youth here. I can I can really give them like something to take home. But the Muslim today is not concerned about shahada. The Muslim today is not concerned about uh, any of this, right? He's not even happy that like oh, uh, like they'll receive all these great things. He's just more like, why is Allah doing this, right? That's what that's that's what the concern of the modern Muslim is. It's like why is Allah doing it, right? Everyone's hearing about the plague and the thing and then they, they hear about the Uyghur Muslims and they're like, why is Allah doing that? And then the Yemeni crisis is happening for such a long time. Why is Allah doing that? The Syrian crisis is happening. Why is Allah doing that? You know, like the, the entire focus of Muslims is why is Allah doing such a thing? Not even what do I get out of it? What's going to happen? None of that. It's not even none of those nice questions. None of, none of the discussion we had. This is not even going to matter to majority of the people. Literally, majority of the people probably got stuck on what? People are going to die. And when people hear about death, they're like, this is the absolute worst thing that could ever happen to a person. How can a person die? Okay. Now, I want to I give everyone some ideas here. Okay. And inshallah, this is the last part of my discussion. The entire stuff about plagues and stuff, is, that's pretty much in a nutshell what you all need to know. May Allah grant us shahada. Say I mean, Be happy about it. I think we should all be happy. Let's, let's talk about this question really quick. About, and I, this is really nicely termed. I, I teach atheism as like a course. Right? I teach it for like four hours. 
I teach it all over the place. I teach in New Jersey, Pennsylvania. I've been teaching it for quite some time. Mashallah, I go around doing it, right? Because I, I notice that Muslims have a lot of doubts in their minds, but they're not willing to speak about them, right? And, I, and a lot of kids have questions, but they never get addressed. And the parent way of, of addressing a question is what? Hey, Beidab, kyo? You know, uh, why? Allah Ta'ala mawjood hai? You know, why, why would you say such a thing? Allah saza denge? Allah azab denge? Allah jahannam denge? You know, like that's all we say. We say that Allah will punish you. Allah is going to give you fire jahannam. Why are you talking such a thing, right? But they have a question. They ask this question. And you and I as parents kind of need to deal with it, right? Why, why is Allah sending down a plague? It's a hard question. Is it not a hard question? Very hard question. Everyone agree with me here? You all can say yes. I feel like I'm talking to myself, especially because the kids are yelling and I can't hear myself and I'm also kind of sick, you know? Allah give us all shifa. It's a hard question, right? It's a question that, that atheists bring, bring up all the time, pretending like it's a new question. And I want to let everyone know it's not a new question. It's been here for quite some time. When I do this study, I show them that it's from the time of Iblis. Iblis had brought up this question first. He questions Qadr. He questions destiny. He says, He says, Iblis goes and does the super ultimate badmash. He goes and does what? He goes and says, Allah, because you deceived me. Allah, because you deceived me. He blames Allah and he curses Allah. He says, Allah, because you gave me, you took me off of Hidayah. It's all your fault. So this is not a new issue. Iblis spent, it's mentioned in the Quran. And in Roman, uh, the Roman and Greek empires, this is a very, this is from like 3rd century BC. 2300 years or so. It's not a new question at all. You need to start to discuss this. I discuss it with atheists all the time. So then here's a discussion you need to have. If someone tells you, why is God doing something? Right? Why is God doing something? SubhanAllah. So then what, this is what you should tell them first. Okay? Uh, first, we need to understand a couple of basic points. So talk to them and say this. Okay, I'm going to ask everyone here too. Okay, what's a bad thing? Tell me, give me something bad. Tell me something bad. Murder. Everyone agree murder is a bad thing? Right? Death. Death is a bad thing? Everyone's like, oh, I don't even know. Right? Stealing. Stealing is a bad thing too, right? Okay. So now let's say the person you, you murdered was, was Hitler. Now is that a bad thing? Uh, no, right? It's actually a good thing. Right? What about death? If you died as a martyr, is it a bad thing? No, right? How about stealing? If stealing was done to a, an oppressor, someone who's a zalim, who uses his money to oppress people, if his money was stolen, is that a bad thing? You start to see that even your idea of good or bad is very subjective. What we say in English, we say it's subjective. It's on your right. آپ تو سمجھتے ہیں یہ 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 نقصان ہے یہ ناقص ہے وہ لیکن اللہ تعالی کے بارے میں اور نبی علیہ السلام کے بارے میں وہ نقصان نہیں ہے رائٹ بائی نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بائی اللہ تعالی اٹس ناٹ سم تھنگ بیڈ رائٹ یو ڈونٹ نو اوکے اینڈ وی کین وی کین ایکسپلین دس ان مینی ڈفرینٹ ویز بٹ جنرلی آئی گیو دیس ایگزامپلس دس اسمال ایگزامپلس ٹو ایکسپلین دیٹ یو نائی انڈرسٹینڈ سم تھنگ اباؤٹ بیڈ اینڈ وی آلسو انڈرسٹینڈ سم تھنگ اباؤٹ گڈ ناؤ از منی گڈ I really need conversation. Okay, I'm not gonna be able to do this if you guys don't talk. I'm already sick as it is, right? So money, money, people love money. People love money. Now in the hands of Trump, is this such a great thing? You're like, maybe if you didn't have the money, it'd be good, right? So sometimes we think something is good, but it can actually be bad. Let's talk about love. Love is a good thing, right? Well, how about if a kid, kid is committing zina? He has a boyfriend and girlfriend. Is it a good thing now? People are like, oh, Mullah, come on. No, no, it's not. Right? So we understand good to be something, we understand bad to be something. 
You all, and I, and I tell this to them, I said that your idea of good and bad are subjective. How do you know? How do you know something's really bad for you? You don't have all the information. If you had all the information, definitely you could say it. You go into the doctor's office. The doctor says we have to amputate your arm. And you go and say, doctor, why? The doctor tells you there's cancer cells. This is the only way to save your entire body. We have to cut off the arm. And now you're like, what a bad thing to lose the arm. But saving the body, it's a good thing. But you can understand that what you know and what the doctor knows are two different things. So this idea first and foremost is what? That you and I think we have all the information. We don't have all the information. Who has all the information? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has all the information. So then I start to talk to them and then they say that, okay, fine. If you're saying God has all the information, then why did he create evil? Why does evil exist? This is the next question that they come up with. Why does evil exist? Why does it exist? Bichara is confused. Bichara is confused. He's looking at the plague and thinking that the world was created to punish people. He's confused. He thinks the world was created to punish people. Was the world created to punish people? Was the world created to punish people? No. Was the world created to even reward people? No. This world wasn't created for evil. This world wasn't created for bad. What's a, uh, for, what's, a, what's a bad place? What's a bad world? Or like an evil world? Jahannam. What's a great world? The most perfect world? Jannah. These places have been designed for evil and good. Okay? What has this dunya been created for? See, what the atheist has a problem with is that he's not understanding why the world was created. He's confused. He thinks the world was created to punish people or to give people good. This world was not created for anything other than that. What's it created for? It's created as a test. It's created as a test, right? We created this life and death as a test for you all to see who can be the best in good deeds. This world is not... So the money you have is not uh, because Allah loves you or hates you. It's a test. The health you have is not because Allah loves you or hates you. It's what? It's a test. The person who is receiving a sickness, it's a test. Now, people have to recognize that reality. That the good stuff you receive in this world is a test. And the bad things you receive as well is what? It's a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I explained it to this, the person like that. Allah says in another place in the Quran, we're going to test you through evil and good. Now the mechanisms of, of testing this world are two mechanisms. Two ways Allah tests you in this world. Sometimes Allah will give you something good and He'll test you through it. And sometimes Allah will give you something bad or something you don't like and He'll test you through it. So what happens is what? Someone will lose a child. Now I don't think as an atheist. Think as a believer. If you were to lose a child in this world, and Allah to protect us and save us all. They are really the thamratul fu'ad in the hadith of the Prophet They're the, the fruits of your hearts. Really they are. But if you were to lose a child, what could you tell that Muslim brother or sister to help them relax? Be patient. But why? What's going to happen? There's a reward. What is the reward? Does anyone know the reward of losing children? Jannah is one of them, of course, right? The Prophet says so beautifully. He says, alayhi salatu salam, that all the children who died when they were by at a young age, the Prophet ﷺ said that they are waiting with Ibrahim salam on the other side. Like you know how you leave your your children with their, your grandchildren uh, your, with their grandparents when you have to go out and do something. Like when the husband and wife want to go have a good time, they're like, where do I leave these kids? So they say, let's go put them with the nana and dada and whatever. Just leave them there. Similarly, what happens is what people will leave. Nabi uh, ﷺ saying. That when you, when you leave your children, uh, you know, when they go before you, they're left with good grandparents. Your great dada and great nani, uh, your great dada and daddy. Ibrahim salam and Sarah salam. And so what happens is what? After you come back from your nice little restaurant and your haram movie or whatever, you come back, you come back to the grandpa's house and what do you do? Can I get the kids back, right? <laughs> because you can't keep them forever. 
right? So similarly, what happens is what? When a person dies and goes to the hereafter, the children are waiting for them. So the Prophet says, your children are waiting with, with, for you with Ibrahim What's another thing you can tell them? The Prophet said that if a person were to lose, the Prophet spoke to a, woman, a group of women one time, in a big jama'ah, he used to speak to them and give them bayan. He tells all the women folk that whoever were to lose children, three children, by a miscarriage, by whatever it might be, if they were to lose three children, the Prophet told them that they will have between them and the fire of Jahannam a hijab. They will be pre prevented from going to the fire of Jahannam. Then the one woman said, Ya Rasulullah, what's natani? Well, how about two? And the Prophet said, what's natani? Two. Then the Prophet was, one of the women was like, dang, I forgot to ask him about one, if they lose one. So Aisha asked the Prophet later on. She said, Ya Rasulullah, what happens if a woman loses one child? And the Prophet said, even if they lose one child, they'll be protected from the fire of Jahannam. Then the Prophet then Aisha said, what happens if they lose no children? And this is the best, the most important question for Aisha specifically because she didn't have any kids. So she said, Ya Rasulullah, what if no, she didn't lose any children? The Prophet said, but they all lost me. The Prophet said, my entire ummah has lost me, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I'm the biggest calamity that my ummah could lose. So everyone has something that they lost and they can expect me on the other side. So people will lose something in this world, but it's just a test. So we tell them, look, you were never here to stay to begin with. So we explain all these things. Look, has anyone, is anyone here to stay in this world? Can anyone show me your nice little passport that you have that I'm going to be here forever? Not even Iblis has that. If anyone had it, they say if anyone did not need to drink from the cup of death, it would have been Muhammad Rasulullah But this world was never designed to stay. Because this world is what? It's an exam hall. Do you stay in the exam hall forever? No. The exam hall is only for a certain amount of time. You have to finish the exam and what do you do? Hand in the paper and get out. You have to leave this world because why? This place is not the place of results. And this is why I tell the person, whenever a kid has doubts, I'm like, you're not understanding the world. The world is not a place of results. This is a world of exam. This is not the place where you see that, wow, I'm doing good. You don't even know if you're doing good. The only thing you have a good confirmation is what? I'm praying five times. I'm doing my salah. I'm doing my ibadah. I'm doing my prayers. I'm doing what I need to do as a Muslim. You're doing good, mashallah. But in terms of you knowing where you're going to go, no one knows. No one knows. So then I explained this to the person. I said, that, look, this place is not the world of results. And then I asked them the strong question. I say, okay, so you've asked me a couple of questions now. So I, I, I present the question back. I'm like, why are you assuming that Allah is not going to take care of it? Why are you assuming that Allah is not going to take care of it? Right? What is the hadith of the Prophet Anyone who experiences any type of pain, the Prophet went through an entire list. It's a really amazing hadith. He's like, No one goes through any pain, any prick of a thorn, no depression, no anxiety, no this, no that. Not even the prick of a thorn, the Prophet says. Except they will be given a reward for it. The Prophet is saying what? That Allah on the Day of Judgment will deal with everything. How will he deal with it? The Prophet said it what? How will Allah deal with it? This is a beautiful hadith in Muslim. Allah will take the, the most, uh, uh, the person who lived in the most luxury in this world. And Allah will take the person who, who had been through the most trials in this world. The one who lived in the most luxury. And I'm not talking about like to Muslims here, probably like a million dollars is a lot of money. Probably a lot of money, right? To people who actually have money, a million dollars is nothing. Okay, I'm talking about billions. Person who's living in billions of dollars had always been on, uh, had, um, had been fed from, from, a, a, from a silver spoon. A person who'd been living, living in the lap of luxury, but never believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This person in the, gen, in the world, Allah will take such a person. It's hadith of the Prophet Allah will dip him once into Jahannam. 
this person who never believed in Allah, Allah would dip him once into Jahannam and take him out from Jahannam and ask that person, Oh so-and-so, do you remember any enjoyment, any luxury you had in the world? And the person will say, La ya Rabbi, I don't remember anything. Because the pain of Jahannam was so severe that that person will forget everything that they received in this world. Allah Then the person of Jannah will be taken, right? This person, what? You can imagine this person. The complete person who has been given the most adab in terms of quote-unquote adab, trials in this world. No arms, no legs, no family, no eyes, whatever. You imagine the worst person you could ever imagine in this world. But this person had one thing that was more precious than all of that. Iman billah. Had iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That person will be dipped into Jannah once. And then taken out. And Allah will ask the same person, Did you receive any pain in this world? In the world you were in? He said, La ya Rabbi. I don't remember anything, Allah. Alright? You are pretending, we are pretending that, again, what happens if a person dies in a plague? What do they get? Shaheed. Right? A person dies by drowning? Shaheed. A person dies by a bad disease? Shaheed. A person dies by slipping? Shaheed. You know, all these things is what? A person who becomes Shaheed is like, man, I would argue to become a Shaheed. The Prophet said on the Day of Judgment, right? There are two groups of people who are arguing. Hadith on the side. Two groups of people, two, two groups. One group is the people who were killed in the path of Allah. The real martyrs, right? Super martyrs, right? They're, they're coming on the Day of Judgment. And the other group is what? People who died on their beds. They just died you know, on their deathbed. They're arguing with Allah. What are they arguing about? Like, Ya Allah, these people who died in a plague were very upset. The, the guys who died on the bed. They're like, we're very upset. And they say, Allah asked them, why are you upset? Right, because he's giving a conversation, entertaining them. And they go and say, Ya Allah, because we, they died on their beds like we died. They don't deserve to be shaheeds. Right? <coughs> They're like, this is literally like the, the, the Desi problem, right? That we don't like anyone else ha having anything good. You know, like, someone else has something good, we get mad. He has a Mercedes, I get mad. He has a, the Cadillac, I get mad, right? Anyone who drives the Tesla, the Tesla, right? And everyone gets upset that he has the Tesla, you know? We get upset. So on Day of Judgment, even there are certain people who are like, Ya Allah, we died on our deathbeds. This guy who also had a plague, where did he die? On his bed, right? Like, Ya Allah, he should not get the reward of a martyr. So then the martyrs on the Day of Judgment, they'll say, Ya Allah, you see our wounds. We were cut, our noses were cut off, our heads were cut off. Like, Ya Allah, the same wounds we have, they have the same wounds. So Allah says, look at the bodies of the people who, were, who, who died in a plague. If they have the same wounds as the people who died in the path of Allah, we'll connect them, we'll make them part of them. So everyone checks and obviously, when a person dies from a plague, it doesn't look good, right? It does not look good. Allah says, those are martyrs too, they'll be given Jannah as well. SubhanAllah. The Prophet says another hadith, he says, anyone who lost their eyes, Allah, Allah says, if I take away the beloved of my, of, my, of my slave, if I take away his eyes, if I take away any body part, I only can reward him with Jannah. The Prophet says in another hadith, that if a person were to lose any family member, Allah says the only thing you can reward that person with is Jannah. There's so many hadith on it. And I told you about the ta'un, the shahada, being in a plague. All these things are what? That Allah will take care of it. Allah will take care of it. Allah will take care of these things. And so one of the most beautiful things that we, we can end it, that we can, we can discuss about inshallah, is one of the final things is because we're already out of time. Uh, there are a couple more points I want to mention about the, the questioning that happens between people and atheists, but no problem, inshallah. I think enough is, this is enough for people. If people want to know, like, if, if the atheist gets really upset and he gets really, really frustrated, one of the things he will say is like, okay, well, I, I you know, like, is, aren't we forced, right? This is a common question, right? Aren't we forced? Like, aren't we forced to do all these things? Um, can I ask anyone here, was anyone forced to come? 
Like, was anyone forced? Did anyone put a gun at your head to be like, come to meet Mola Shaquille and listen to his dumb bayan for like 45 minutes? No, right? I think some of these kids were forced for sure. Like, you know, dad, we're just waiting for food, you know? But like, uh, but majority of the people, like, look, you came here because of your own choice. Like, to be forced is what? It's, if you're looking at the realm, the universal realm, by Allah Ta'ala's perspective, or the perspective, the universal perspective, is Allah Ta'ala, everything is, is fixed, right? Everything goes in a certain motion. Everything is in knowledge of Allah Ta'ala. But in terms of our, our perspective, you can move, right? You can do whatever you want. Now, is Allah Ta'ala going to test you? Is He going to give you Jannah based on what He did or what you did? Allah Ta'ala will give you based on what you and I did. In the Quran, you're going to always find Kuntum Ta'malun for what you did. What I want everyone, inshallah, ta'ala, to understand the final point, inshallah, that I wanted to mention was what? That when something bad happens to us, we start to get, we get really, really upset. Everyone just gets really upset. We start to blame Allah, get upset. Why did Allah ta'ala do this? Why did Allah ta'ala do that? That's not the approach of a believer. I wanted to let you all know how the Sahaba understood these things. How do we find it in the hadith of the Prophet? This is one woman who came to the Prophet. Hadith of Muslim. The, the lady came to the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, I suffer from inni uh, usra'u. The, I, I suffer from epilepsy. Epilepsy means she has seizures. Right? And she says, That I, I go through uh, seizures and because of my seizure, I end up tearing my clothes. Can you make dua to Allah Ta'ala for me? Right? The pro- Look, you're asking the Bisara. He can make dua. He makes a dua. That's it, right? One, two, three, done, right? The Prophet mentions something very important to the sister. He goes and says, uh, in in If you want, I can make dua to Allah Ta'ala and He will cure you. Or if you want, you can be patient and you'll get Jannah. What do you think she chose? She says, I want Jannah. So if I gotta go through a little bit of a trial here and it gets me Jannah at the end, where I can enjoy with my family, the family you're going to lose, yaqeen, and everyone's gonna lose their family in this world. Everyone's going to lose their wealth in this world. Everyone's going to lose the house that you lived in in this world. Everything you're going to lose. There's nothing in this world that will stay. Muslims don't want to accept that reality. We all want to pretend like we're going to be here forever. This is not your place of Jannah. This is a sijin. Even if you're having the nicest house you live in, that's still prison clothes. That's still a prison house. You're nothing, in a, nothing but in a jail, a jail cell here. This Sahabiya says, Ya Rasulullah, I'd rather just get Jannah. If I can just be a little patient and get Jannah, I'd rather do that. But can you make dua to Allah that I don't want to rip my clothes anymore? The Prophet said, I'll make dua for that. And then that happened for us, for her. When you hear something bad happening to a Muslim, right? You, you make dua for them, okay? If this is happening to any of our Muslims, in any area in the world, you make dua, Ya Rabbal Alameen, Allah Ta'ala give them uh, the, the shifa kamila ajila. Say Ameen. And if any problems are happening, Ya Rabbal Alameen, you give them solutions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can take you into Jannah in either of two ways, either through good or bad. Sometimes your, your place in Jannah is really high and you can't reach it because of your good deeds. So then what does Allah ta'ala do? He throws a trial in your way. So now you were patient through the trial, so Allah ta'ala gives you that place in Jannah in the end. Right? So you had a very high place, you had Jannah to Firdaus for example. But your good deeds couldn't do it. You didn't wake up with the hajj, you didn't, you didn't do the pain no gain type of attitude. So Allah gave you a bit of pain. So in the day of judgment when you ask Allah, Allah, why did I go through this? Why did I fail the exam? Why did such and such girl leave me? Because why? Because now you'll get the reward of being sabr and inshallah you'll get the high place in Jannah al-Firdaus. You literally on the day of judgment, the ulama mentioned that even the person, hadith of the Prophet a person will be thrown into Jahannam. Right? A person will be thrown into Jahannam. Every person in Jahannam. فَاَتَرَفُوا بِذَنْبِهِمْ Everyone in Jahannam will, will acknowledge and recognize that we deserve Jahannam. Hadith of the Prophet said what? That Allah Ta'ala will explain it to the people of Jahannam that you're going to Jahannam for such and such reasons. Allah Ta'ala is so just. Imagine this. He doesn't need to explain it. But He explains it in such a way that when a person actually enters the fire, every person in Jahannam, they go and say, That they all of them recognize that we deserve the fire more than Jahannam. 
Can you imagine that? A person thrown into fire Jahannam, but Allah is so, His explanation is so good. Like, Ya Allah, we do deserve this place. Allah to protect us. But understand, if you're looking for the explanations, you just have to be a good person. You have to be a good person. Allah Ta'ala Qiyamah will explain it to you. That the day that, that the world will explain it to you what happened. Everything will be explained for you. And you will be so convinced. The ulama have written that if Allah Ta'ala were to give you everything of the unseen, everything of the unseen, you knew everything was going to happen from time of Adam all the way to day of judgment. And you had every single one of your facts in front of you. The shiukh have written, you will still choose what Allah Ta'ala chose. Because he is Hakim. By Allah Ta'ala being wise, you can never choose better than him. You can never be smarter than who can be smarter than Allah? Who can be more wise than Allah? Who can have a better plan than Allah? No Wallahu Khairul Makirin. Allah does the best of planners. So know whatever Allah does doing this world is with, with wisdom. Okay? You and I as Muslims though, whenever you see bad, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to change it. You're supposed to stop it. That's your job. As a believer, that's your job. If someone here, mashallah, is so smart, you can come up with a vaccine for coronavirus. Tabarakallah, mashallah. Allah give you barakah. You go do it, inshallah. If you don't, if you can't find the vaccine, then what do you do? That if there's a way you can help them out, this can be your sadaqah jariya, inshallah. You can send some type of relief aid, inshallah, to the goal, help them, support them. There are many different ways you can do so, inshallah. Maybe what? You can spread awareness of it. And the least you can do is what? Ya Rabbul Alameen, you sent down one plague. It's afflicting our Muslims. It's afflicting the non-Muslims. Ya Allah, remove the plague. Remove the azab. Allah Ta'ala will do it for you, inshallah Ta'ala. But you and I need to be stay committed to the dua. We ask Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala to give us tawfiq, inshallah. Give us the tawfiq, inshallah, to stay firm. When we hear a trial from Allah Ta'ala, that we stay firm, we understand it's, a, it's from the plan of Allah. We have strong patience, sabr, jameel, ya Rabbil Alameen. We make dua to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala that He gives us the tawfiq to recognize that if something happens in the world, that our job as Muslims is to try to stop it. Try to prevent it. Try to remove the evil, inshallah. When we do it for all the Muslims who are suffering in the world, Ya Rabbul Alameen, they're going through so much and we can't do anything except we can raise our hands to you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, by your, by your tawfiq and qudra, Ya Allah, you give them everything that they need in this life and the after, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Remove all the trials and calamities they're facing, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if it's because of our sins, Ya Rabbul Alameen, we make dua to you, Ya Allah, that today we make tawbah. We'll never commit a sin again. We'll never miss a prayer again. We'll never do anything haram again. So, Ya Allah, you can give them what they need. You'll give them tawfiq and the happiness that they need in this life and the after, inshallah. May Allah ask Allah for so much. Tawfiq inshallah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.